Hi everybody, CEO update number 23. Um, it's been a little while because I put one out. I sort of thought I'd give you guys a little bit of a rest time over um, the um, the June period, especially knowing how busy it is. And um, a lot of you have been putting in a, um, a lot of interesting work. And look, there's so much good stuff going on out there. There's um, definitely from a, an advice perspective, everybody is quite active and quite busy. Um, given all the other things that we have to do at the moment, um, it's great to see uh, you know the clients still want us and uh, we're still valuable. Um, and uh, yeah, it's you know there's some really really refreshing stories from most of the advisors about how valuable you guys are and how important the uh, your clients are finding you. Um, the other thing is that uh, <coughs> a lot of the advisors that are putting up their fees, you'll find that they're um, the clients aren't pushing back at all and uh, they're actually happy with the higher fees and still referring people because they uh, everything's a lot more tangible at the moment. Advice needs to be fair, complete and non-conflicted. I thought I'd remind you all of that and uh, I've already said that uh, you know, it's important. You guys are important. Financial advisors are really, really important at the moment. There's all sorts of crazy things out there and people need stability in their life and their money being so important to them they really want to make sure that that stuff is um, is looked after and someone's got that under control. Um, <clears throat> interestingly enough, the allocated pension issue at the moment is um, Colonial First State uh, arbitrarily reduced uh, the allocated pensions to half. And uh, there's quite a deal of work in uh, contacting those clients and saying, look, guys, do you really want to reduce it to half or do you want to keep it at where it was? Um, so it's a, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of complexity in there. Anyway, look, the, uh, the first thing, good news, um, face your extension. So um, this uh, a couple of weeks ago, the government announced that uh, the face year was to be extended, which means that uh, we've got all next year to do the industry exam. There's a couple of you guys out there that have been sort of thinking, oh, will I do the exam or not? You've got a little bit more time to get your head around that, that, that and um, a lot more time to do it. And uh, the other thing is that now we don't have to be facey or qualified for the university degree until 1 January 2026, which seems a long, long time away. But the caveat in that is that, from my perspective, is the guys that uh, all of the advisors that are university educated and they've done the investment uh, part of the, the degree are finding this current time in dealing with managed funds and ETFs and shares and platforms so much easier. There's a lot of knowledge out there and there's a lot of knowledge that you need to get. The other thing that I'm having up in my, that up my sleeve is that if you're fully qualified, so if you're fully facey qualified, you don't need to have under the current climate up until 2026 in this environment, we don't need you to be specialist qualified. As far as I'm concerned, you've got enough specialist qualifications to keep going. And, uh, and provide advice in every aspect. And so um, that's you know, a definite reason for you to, uh, to, to continue studying. Um, next one is the conference. Now, I announced the conference in, uh, in Noosa, the, the, uh, the first week in Noosa. The, uh, we've had heaps of uh, RSVPs. Look, there is still a little bit more time if you want to um, get your name down for that. Now, I'm happy to see, you know, obviously advisors and their spouse can come in. But if you've got a very senior um, person in your business who you want to pay to come to the conference, I want to get a few of the practice managers that have been around together because I wouldn't mind getting them in a peer group and getting them working together and understanding how each other runs their practices. Because there's a lot of things out there where we can actually work together and get things um, uh, done uh, 
a lot smarter and a lot easier and save each practice having to reinvent the wheel. Um, ASIC website. So uh, everybody, thanks everybody who sent in their information. So we can update the ASIC website with your qualifications and uh, and that sort of thing. If things do change and uh, you need to add stuff to the uh, the ASIC website, send those information through to Noemi and um, and she'll collate it all. And when she gets a big bunch of it, she'll send um, send it through and do do the updates. Um, investment justification. Okay, so look, a lot of guys have been thinking, um, you know. It's a bit hard to uh, to sort out this investment investment justification and putting, you know, copious amount notes and things on files for every client and is a little bit difficult. My advice to you is that you do that at a practice level. You work out where you're going to be doing your investing and what platforms you're going to be using at a practice level. Take detailed minutes and uh, and keep those on your practice file. And then when you're doing giving advice to clients, you can actually refer to those, those notes and refers to your investment committee meetings as part of your investment strategy. So there's still a few guys out there that are doing fully bespoke models for all of their clients. And so what that means is if you're not sure, is that a bespoke model means that you're actually giving the client advice on every, every client gets individual investment advice. Now, that's difficult. And it's not cost effective unless you're charging accordingly. Now, if you're charging a client for a bespoke um, for bespoke advice, knock yourself out. Good on you. And if you can get that, that's great. But if you're not charging a client for that, um, then you need to be using things that are pre-mixed or things that you've approved um, separately. So, you know, like a, a pre-mixed diversified fund or a separately managed account or a um, you know, an ETF model, something that uh, ticks all the boxes without having you, without you having to do ongoing tactical management of those um, uh, investment options. Same, same with your, um, with your platforms. You need to be looking at platforms that suit the style of investment you want to do. Now, if you want to sit there and stay in managed fund world, which is probably a little old, you need to be thinking about, um, using platforms that best utilize that provide that support but i think if you're not considering using hybrids and etfs and that sort of thing in your portfolios at the moment you're actually going to be quite a bit behind with the other advisors now given that you know in the old days everybody was uh, vertically aligned and we we're all pushed into managed funds that's not the case now most people are in the ifa market and if they're in the ifa market they're looking at better investment options and so take that into account when you're thinking. And so that's where wraps come into it. But there's also better ways of getting things done. Like you can actually get things directly listed on the stock, you know, on the stock market. Like Magellan's got a managed fund that's directly listed. There's SMAs out there that are directly listed. And so if you want to get into things like that, you know, that's smart. You can buy an ETF, a hybrid ETF, a beta shares hybrid ETF straight through Comsec and charge 25 bucks for the brokerage. I mean, whatever you charge the, the client, but um, is, is up to you. But it can be quite, you know, it can be remarkably cheap. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so that's uh, with your investment justification. So what I'm suggesting there is make sure you do it at a practice level and uh, unless, and if you want to do a bespoke model, charge accordingly. Uh, board meeting and distribution. Okay, so um, basically the, the business of running Advice Evolution, um, we ran our final board meeting and um, we had a, a fairly sizable distribution, which should be in all of the unit holders' bank accounts at the moment. 
Now, from here on in, we're just going to be offering all of the new people, all of the people that have come on up between now and the AGM time, you'll be getting a letter in the next week or so, which offers you units in the unit trust. Now, all you have to do is decide whether you want to take that into account. In. So we're going to give you the um, um, the unit trust uh, the, the, and all the details around that. If you need any information about the financials and things, just need to uh, get in touch with me and I'll give you that extra information. You can buy up to $25,000 worth of units at the um, going unit price, which is just over 60 bucks. Um, I think it allows you to get about 409 units for your 29, for your uh, 25 grand. But um, yeah, so that distribution's been given and um, so we're now we're powering through for um, the next one. And obviously, uh, come AGM time, we get, all get to talk about what we're going to do with, uh, with the finances for the next 12 months. And with that, the AGM itself will actually be at the conference. So if we get the, so assuming, and I'm you know, 90% certain that the conference will go ahead, with um, Tuesdays, normally we get together and we, uh, you know, meet and greet, shake hands. Wednesday and Thursday are conference days. Friday is generally where we work on our business and peer groups. And uh, and it finalizes with the uh, the AGM. Um, next thing is, uh, oh, the CFS. Colonial First State have just issued and uh, they're looking at the process by which they show, um, uh, they treat a, a client, uh, correction, the deceased estate. And what they're currently saying is that as soon as they're notified, they will stop any advisor fees. And um, which is fair enough because we don't want to be charging um, deceased estates for advice that they're not getting. And, uh, and so they won't be able to switch those fees back on again until you actually talk to the executor and you get the trustee or the executor to, uh, to switch the fees back on. The difficult thing is at the moment, and they're looking at the, they're looking at rolling this out to the whole um, suite of um, fee platforms. So that'll be uh, you know wrap first choice. They um, they're going to as soon as they get a death certificate, they're actually going to switch the client to cash. Now this for me it could be somewhat difficult, and we've spoken to CFS in depth about it. Um, but it uh, you know if there's a, a market issue at the time, it could actually be quite um, you know, it can be quite a problem for the for the, the executors. So you just need to be aware of this. So as soon as you let the client, as soon as you let Colonial First State know that you're, um, now I say Colonial First State because I've checked with Net Wealth and Premium and both of those don't have this situation. They turn off the advisor fees, but they don't change the investment options. So we just need to be careful that um, you're aware of this. And so as soon as you let Colonial First State know that you're going to, um, that your client has died, then just be aware that they're, um, that their portfolio will, could be um, switched to cash. Um, I just just a note that I uh, got an email the other day that uh, Anthony Rowe is now fully qualified. So it's another one of the advisors that's uh, fully qualified for Fasia. And um, congratulations to Anthony. He's uh, worked really hard over the last 12 months to get everything done. Um, next one is pre-vet. Now we've had a couple of guys um, not doing so well in their audits, and what we've had to do is put you guys put you back onto pre-vet. And that's fair enough because you know it's uh, it's just a process of getting through. What we're going to do though is I'm changing the um, the way in that we allow pre-vet. Now this is not just for um, pre-vets that we put you on. This is when you know a lot of advisors are ringing John Wright and and Ricky Lee and spending quite a deal of time on the phone to them talking about what they can actually do. Ricky Lee and John Wright aren't tech support. They're 
auditors and they do auditing and pre-vet for advice evolution. I'm going to allow each practice two hours of pre-vet per annum. After that, we'll, it gets charged out at $300 an hour. And the reason it's $300 an hour is because that's what I get charged. And so um, it's going to be a cost recovery, but anything over two hours, we're going to um, be billing that back to the practice. And uh, we'll take that straight from your um, uh, payments account. Apologise for that. And look, if there's uh, special circumstances, feel free to talk to me about it. But um, but ultimately, we've got to, you know, there's uh, advisors that are you know, abusing the system at the moment, which just makes it complicated. Best interest scenarios. Now, I put a, um, a Zoom out the other day and an email. What I'm after is I'm after some ideas for best interest scenarios. So if you've got a, um, a situation where a client comes in and this is the situation and you find the um, um, some really a really good best interest scenario for them, what we want to do is start sharing those. So if you've got a best interest scenario that uh, seems to work pretty well and um, we want to try and get a matrix together and have it in AE shared, Whereas you can look up and say, right, you know, clients had a um, an inheritance, and here's the best interest duty wording for you to put in your um, in your in your SOA for that, um, and hopefully we get some some feedback and some um, some people sharing. So on that, look, the whole idea is that um, we um, we get uniformed. We get. We, we try and simplify the way that you guys communicate. To that end, we've actually had a, uh, we've got a Zoom and AE Advisor Zoom channel. And uh, look, there's some good things going into that. Um, some advisors are putting in asking questions and the other advisors are being generous and coming back and helping answer the uh, the, the questions for um, for people, which is, uh, which is really, really good. And we want to get into a position where we can share things. Um, after the conference, I reckon we'll be able to set up a Zoom one for your, your senior personnel in, in your offices. So as your, your your practice manager can talk to practice managers from other groups and uh, it may, may make uh, life a lot easier for everybody in that space. Um, CBA meeting. So uh, we just had a meeting with um, Colonial First State about KKR and the takeover and about being treated as a strategic customer for um, Colonial First State. And so um, we've embarked into that. At the moment, I'm not really sure what it's going to provide, but hopefully we can actually be treated, um, you know, get a much better insight as to what's going on with CFS. But we had that meeting yesterday and, um, you know, there was a you know, few things come out of it, but nothing that's going to change or, you know, move the dial for us. What we did do is we speak, spoke about um, KKR and uh, some of the things with KKR is that, um, yeah, look, the, the unknown still sits there. I've got CFS to give me some words because what we're going to do is we're at the uh, the board meeting, and I haven't got this done yet, but I, um, I'm going to pass out a paragraph that you need to put in your SOAs that go for new clients going into CFS. And it'll just be words to the extent that the um, CFS is just 55% holding in CFS has been taken by KKR um, and, you know, there's been no other information as to yet, and KKR said that they've um, has said this, and I'll, I'll give that I'll give you that information. I've got it from CFS, but we just need to make sure that our clients are aware that when we're putting them into colonial first state, that um, there is a uh, a change, and the implications of that change are known to us at this point. Um, next one is oh, the conference. Now, you, everyone um, extending at the conference. I, I think a lot of people are going to extend. And uh, it's a great idea, but make sure you, we, um, if you want to extend and you want to stay at the same hotel or if you want to stay in Noosa, extend after the conference. 
extending before the conference is problematic because the Noosa Triathlon is on it, and that's a huge triathlon. Lots uh, and uh, most of the rooms in Noosa will be taken up. So um, just make sure that if you're thinking about extending, extend at the you know the week after the triathlon. You're going to stay up there in Queensland. Um, next one is financial wisdom payments. Okay, I've just sent an email across to uh, FinWiz saying, look, guys, I know that you've closed down now. Can we uh, make sure that you send us across any money that may be owed to our financial wisdom uh, advisors? And uh, look, I've had a bit of correspondence with them and there is a little bit of money there. Now, um, if someone from FinWiz gives you a call and says, um, here's some money, what you've got to do is you've got to actually then if they say they've got some money, they're going to, you're going to have to contact the product provider and get them to garner back off financial wisdom. Um, Mark Valentine's taken a position that if they get paid additional money after the 90 days, then they are not going to pass it on. And uh, that seems to me to be, you know, highway robbery, um, daylight theft, and uh, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. But unfortunately, that's uh, that's the position they've taken. And so the only way we can get that back is to go to the product provider and get them to garner it back on financial wisdom and then give it to Advice Evolution. So just be wary that we're pushing in that space and you should guys should be looking at yours, um, your information and your um, your commission statements to make sure that yeah, we're being paid from all of your product providers. Um, removing your conflicts. Now, I've been pushing this with a, a lot of the advisors at the moment is that... Uh, We've, if you've disclosed a conflict in one of your SLAs, be that uh, a claim for state conflict, uh, you know, a, a, a conflict with MLC or <clears throat> whatever you had, we've been, you've been giving, um, getting conflicted remuneration or, or you had a conflict via through vertical integration, you need to make sure that from here on in, you inform your clients that that conflict no longer exists. Because we're, you know, we're now non-conflicted and conflicts are illegal. So you need to make sure that your client, your clients know, and it's on the file that the conflict no longer exists. And then you also need to make sure that now that the, the advice is not conflicted, you also have to make sure that your client still knows that once it's not conflicted, it is still appropriate. Now, how you actually write that, and you know, in which circumstances you need to be careful. Um, my advice would be to look at every time you review a client, pull out their file, if they've got, and if giving them an ROA on an existing SLA, and the SLA's got a disclosed conflict in it, then write away that conflict during that mess, during, during that meeting, and make a file note, explain to the client that you know there's no longer a conflict there, and put a file note on the on the file to say, look, yeah, the, the advice is still appropriate, the client's still very happy with the client with the, the advice, but the conflict has now been removed. Because if anybody looks at your file, unless you actually write on there that the conflict's been removed, there's no evidence that it ever has been uh, removed. As far as then the regulator would look at it, they were looking at your file, the conflict was still there. Um, look, apart from that, I tried to uh, punch in quite a bit of information. This one as uh, quickly as possible, but um, um, I hope uh, there's a lot to take in. Feel free to jump on the Zoom advisor chat if you've got any questions and, uh, and ask them. Um, think about uh, how things are working at the moment. Think about what your profit margin. Think about how you keep your advice fair and keep your charging fair because obviously, uh, you know, at, uh, asset based fees, you know, there's question as to uh, whether they are exactly fair and uh, you have to think about the ways around that. But apart from that, guys, stay safe. Um, if you're in Victoria, stay out of the scary suburbs and, um, and try to get. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, try try to stay away and don't don't get any viruses. But uh, apart from that, guys, um, keep well, and uh, we'll talk to you next.
um, podcast. <laughs>